that's the thing is like people will go and bury you under the dirt when something isn't even true. Like it used to be proven uh, innocent till proven guilty. Now it's straight up. Now it's just, oh, you're guilty. And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight, let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 129. Not sure there's going to be a 130, but thank you for joining. We have a great episode for you guys today. Today we interview Gabby Butler. Gabby takes us on a whirlwind tour through her cheerleading career, including her time on TGLC, moving across the country at the age of 14 to join SMOED, and then her time at Navarro College and beyond. And then a couple of hints into her future. Will she cheer again or will she pursue a career in professional wrestling? Whether you love her or hate her, Gabby has truly become an icon in the sport world championships, a global fan base, and her time on Netflix's cheer, her story is truly a testament to what the boundless possibilities are within the cheer community. You'll see how Gabby's unwavering faith has been a guiding light throughout her life and her cheerleading career, and how that has given her the ability to overcome the challenges and the criticisms throughout her journey. But before we get into that, if you are new, welcome to the show where we are bringing cheer education and entertainment to both coaches and parents alike and when we can bridging the gap between parents and the coaches new episodes every tuesday on spotify on apple Podcasts, and on google Podcasts. quick shout out to claire who helps us stay on top of things on ig shout out to jenny who edits the pod shout out to my mother love you mom shout out to sheila robin chanel Tamara, Pablo, representing for all the cheer dads out there. Our mate, Michelle, Mike, the lean, mean coaching machine, Adam. Casey, Melissa from the Sweet Miss Bake Shop. Check her out on IG. Lauren Clark, Bode, say hi to me. It's my birthday, Beal. Our two newest supporters, Erica and Austin. And I've got to say, Erica and Austin, it truly means a lot to me that you guys would donate financially to the show. Again, everything donated to the show goes towards making this a better listening experience for all of you guys out there. And if you want to help support the show financially, there is a link in the show notes to do so. But if you're looking for the best free way to support the show, the best way to do that is to share the podcast. Simply share it with another person who loves cheer as much as you do. I'm the cheer director at American Cheer, AKSC.com, sharing with you my life running a program, managing a staff, coaching the athletes, and working with the parents. And on the other side of the microphone is a fascinating young lady with a story that's going to have you glued to your headphones. Without further ado, my conversation with Gabby Butler. Gabby, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me, Jason. <laughs> Dude. 
We people, made it work. Yeah, people at home, <laughs> you don't know what we've gone through today to make this episode happen, but it's happening and it's going to be a blast. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to have you on. Um, I was telling you before we started recording, but I wasn't really even expecting this. We usually don't have athletes on the program and some, you know, we did something on the Instagram, like, Hey, who should we have on? Someone said, you should have Gabby Butler on. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's cool. Whatever. And so I'm going through all these different things, all these different people that people had requested. And I was like, yeah, Gabby, let's have Gabby on blah, blah. I'm trying to think, do I know anyone that knows Gabby? Oh, Monica, Monica hooked me up. And all of a sudden um, I saw that you reposted it and I was like, Hey, if you're serious, we'll have you on. And here we are, you know, a week later and we're recording. So again, thanks for coming on. This is really cool. I know. I love it. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. We're gonna make it happen. So let's go ahead. Let's just start at the beginning of, of the whole journey. How'd you get into cheer? How'd that start? So I actually was originally a gymnast and a lot of people don't know that, but I was a diehard like gymnast. I loved gymnastics. I thought I was going to just, you know, be a gymnast my whole life. And it's funny because I remember like this cheer team practicing across the gym and I was like, oh, they just want to be gymnasts. Like I totally thought that cheerleading was just not what it was. I, I thought you know, what everyone else thought, like, oh, yeah, they're just, you know, doing cheers, pom-poms, all that, all that glitter stuff. I'm not really into that. And my mom was actually the one that was like, I think you should really try cheer. And my older sister was, you know, doing high school cheer, and she really liked it. And then she found an all-star program, which was in my gymnastics gym. And my mom put her in it. And then she was like, I think you should try it. And um, my, my initial reaction, you know, I was like eight years old. I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do the whole rah, rah, like doing, yeah, I will, I'll stick to gymnastics. And I actually told my mom, like, I did not want to do it. And then my mom's like, all right, well, you're going to, you're going to go just like one practice, just try it. So I fell in love with it instantly And it really opened my eyes that cheerleading isn't just, you know, what everyone else initially thinks when they hear cheer. So I fell in love with it. And then I ended up quitting gymnastics completely. And I went and pursued cheer. And the crazy thing is that people thought that I've always been like just super good. And I actually was like out of all, let's say you had 20 people on the floor, I was like the worst one on the team. Mm-hmm. I was literally dead last. And my mom was like, mm, maybe cheer isn't for you. Maybe, you know, maybe we'll do something else. Maybe we'll go back to gymnastics. And my coaches were like, no, I think you should keep her in cheer and just give her some time. Like, you know, I think she could be really good. So I, from that point on, I just started working really, really hard. I switched gyms and I went to this other place and it was a little further from me, but I went and I was in the gym every day. And I was basically just from when the, when the gym opened (laughs) till they were kicking me out, turning the lights off. They're like, Hey, you need to leave. Like you need to go home because we're, we're tired and yeah, we're, we're gonna, we're, we're going. So come on. And I think it was that, that mentality that I had when I was younger, like I wanted to be the best at what I did. And 
I put endless amount of hours and, you know, while everyone else was going into the gym, like once or twice a week, like I would go every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like Mm -hmm. all day long. So, and the thing is, it's like, I feel like people, if people had that mindset, there's nothing you can't do. It's really all a mindset. Like I, and I tell people all the time, I'm like, you can do all the things that I can do. It's literally just comes down to how bad you want it. So a hundred percent. I love that you opened up with that. I love that you opened up with that. I tell people all the time, guys, you got to, if you want to like really maximize your skills, you have to be in the gym. So I just, I just absolutely love that. So real quick, can you clarify what was the first gym you were a part of? And then what was the next gym that you went to? So the first gym that I ever was a part of, it was called Cheer Florida and it was red, white, and blue. And I was on like a youth level two team and I was, yeah, like I said, I was really bad. (laughs) And uh, I moved to this place in Broward called Elite and they were blue and blue, black and white. And that's Um, actually, I went from- Did they turn into Broward Elite? Yes. Okay. um, Big Red coaches there, or I'm not sure she still coaches there, but she did at least at one point. Yeah. Yeah. So I went there and I met this, uh, coach and he taught me literally everything from a really jacked up round of a can spring to round of can spring doubles, literally in a matter of nine months. Mm-hmm. And people were like, there's no way that you learn this in one season. And I'm like, but when you have the right coach who actually puts time into you and believes in you, and also you're hungry to work like it just goes hand in hand. And that's why I excelled from one season to the next, like so fast. And, um, yeah, I'm really grateful for like, honestly, everything in my cheerleading, like career, I wouldn't change anything for a second. Cause I feel like I wouldn't have had all the opportunities and all the things that I've had without all those, you know, crazy moves and, crazy things I feel like it's definitely taught me a lot and -hmm. also like moving away from home from such a young age it really taught me a lot about myself and also it's really cool that I get to say that I got coached by some of the best coaches in the industry 100% so speaking of some of the best coaches in the industry so eventually move over to Top Gun so talk to us about that transition there Yeah. So it's actually funny because I went from like having AC gyms. I, cause both of those gyms were in AC, like very nice and Top Gun. Like when we, when I first went to Top Gun, they were in a different place than they are now, but I'm telling you, we were in the middle of Miami, no AC. And it was, it was like, super hot like no there was no wind movement nothing and it was just like I was like I can't do this like this is way this is way too hot it's I'm like 10 years old and and there's like booty shorts like you know Mm -hmm. when we were at this other place like people had like tank tops and you know a little bit longer like so few shorts and Top Gun they're literally in 
sports bras and spanks and mm-hmm. i don't blame them because it's hot like there's there was no <laughs> ac and i'm like i don't know if i could do this like this is i feel like i'm gonna pass out <laughs> like just in standing in the gym i was like i feel like i'm going to faint and i ended up uh staying there for four years and i was when i first went to top gun though i did not get put on a level five team i was actually on a youth three team and it was because i was so young even though i had all these skills like i didn't reach the age limit to be mm-hmm. on tglc back in the day even though i was like i was dying to do it i was like i want to do that team so bad because out tglc was everyone's like dream team and i always watched them and i'm like i could do that <laughs> Yeah, and what, what like, year did you get that. to Top Gun? 2009. Okay, so yeah, so Top Gun is in the middle of their run with TGLC. Like they're yeah. like, literally on top of the world at that time when you get there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I was like, I remember like telling myself like, okay, just wait, just wait, you'll be there at some point. And I, it's funny though, because I could do all the skills that they were doing. Like I would, mm-hmm. I was doing double fulls and I was doing like kick double baskets. And um, I, I was just like, I remember seeing Victor and I was like, um, Victor doesn't really talk a whole lot. Like he's very like serious, mm-hmm. but I remember seeing him and like at first, like I didn't really know if he, you know, ever like saw me or anything because he had so many athletes, but there was one day where he came up and he was like, Hey, let me, let me throw you in a rewind really quick. And for like, for Victor to say something to you, it was like, people were like, Oh my gosh, you know? So, cause you have, even though like he looks really intimidating and he is, but he just didn't talk a lot. So I was like, Oh my gosh. Okay. And I let him throw me in a rewind and he just like looked at me and was like, you're all, is there potential? What do I got going on here, dude? I don't know what that means. I was, I was right. I'm like, I'm like, is there potential? Like I, I, cause he literally just looked at me and then walked away and I'm like, I don't know what that means, but okay. So yeah, then I started actually like doing privates with him like every day and I would have a blast like we because I was like literally this big and we would just stunt for hours and hours and it was like it was so much fun. That's really cool. So yeah. (laughs) Shout out to Victor. (laughs) It was, it was, it was. And I, I, it was so funny because like for, you know, people used to tell me for Victor Rosario to give you a compliment is a big deal. It's yeah. a really big deal because he used to just be like, you know, just mm-hmm. shake his head. And I think over over the years he's gotten better. But like back when I went, it was very, very hard to get a compliment out of him because he was always so serious. Victor Rosario, he's, you know, we had all of our troubles, you know, this morning trying to get into the, you know, login for this. Um, when we had Victor on the yeah. show, he had like his maids over and he's like, hey, do you care if I do this in the car? Really? <laughs> like, yeah, sure. That is actually so funny. Yeah, I could totally, I could totally see him doing something like so that. So he like did it in the car and we're like, all right. And at the time we were on YouTube. So I'm like, I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so Victor's just, <laughs> just, he's in, just the, in his car, it. whatever, recording, and I'm just like, all right, whatever, let's make it happen. Yeah, yeah that works. was like in the early yeah. days. He came yeah. on, he came on 
really early on in the pod. Like he was like one of my first like real big guests for sure. I can't remember I can't remember him or Monica were on first, but I remember him. He came on like really early on in the pod. There we go. So eventually you go from the East Coast, the Sunshine State, or to the Golden State. You move to California and you end up on Samoed. So what I really want to know about is talk to me about the transition or like the thoughts behind that decision and discussions you had and kind of like where you guys were at as a family to, you know, go, okay, yeah, let's, it's best for us to move to California or me. So it was definitely, it was definitely really, it was a very big change for me because I grew up in Florida and I actually, the first year left on my own. So my mom did go out with me, but I lived with Janae in Bakersfield. Oh, wait, real quick. Tell the people how much you love Bakersfield. (laughs) I love Bakersfield. Let's go. I love, 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 love it. (sighs) But yeah, it was huge because I was 14. And back then, like people did not leave their gyms like ever. It was like a no, like you don't do that. Mm -hmm. You stay like with the gym that you were, you know, basically brought up in. And um I actually, it's funny, I started that like little trend of like being a gym hopper. Everyone was like, you know, you're such a gym hopper. And I'm like, but I just want to do better. I want to like change. I want a change. Like, I feel like I'm not really going like where I want to go. And I just want to also just, you know, switch it up and have a different experience, you know. And back then it was just, it was a no, like you just didn't do that. And I got a lot of like backlash for leaving Top Gun to go to California All-Stars. And um, it's crazy, though, because I remember I was so young. And, like, at that time, I'm like, should I be really making these decisions? I'm like, Mm -hmm. should I make these drastic decisions? Like, I'm only 14. And I'm honestly so glad that I did because I really, really learned a lot over at California All-Stars. And... I met so many amazing people like Eddie Orby, Andrea, um, a lot of my friends that I made on Smoed. And I learned like, I mean, I went from having like, cause my standing tumbling was never good. And I went from barely being able to throw like a three to full to doing three, three to doubles, two to whip doubles, like mm-hmm. standing fulls. And I would say that at, when I was on that team specifically, I was probably at my prime. I was Mm -hmm. like, you know, really in shape. I had all my tumbling like way better. Um, And honestly, I just, the friendships I made, it was great. And to be able to get a different perspective from a, you know, coach, because every coach is different. I, I was very grateful that, and I was able to also cheer with one of my best friends, Kiara Nolan. And I, it's funny because I never thought we would be close, me and her. I, you know, I just looked up to her a lot and I I admired her because I was like, wow, she's just so talented. And she was so humble too, which is what I loved. And after actually getting to know her, she just was even better than what I even imagined or thought of her. Mm-hmm. And we still talk to this day. She's actually getting married. She just got engaged, but she will be getting married soon but I'm really happy for her. We still talk and yeah, I wouldn't trade any of that for the world because I really met a lot of amazing people and had a lot of great things happen. So 
you're bringing back some memories. Like I forgot about Kiara Nolan. Like that, <laughs> that time of Smoed so was just yeah. That time of Smoed was just ridiculous. Was like yeah, you guys prime. were on a run, and it was. I just remember this is the best team in the world right now. Like that run, I can't remember exactly what years it was, but that those years, I'm like, this is the best team in the world right now. They are absolute machines. And yeah. it's great because Eddie was just- I'm not even kidding when I tell you, like, I, if people think I'm lying, like, we would do literally so much conditioning, like, running, bear crawls, suicides, ev- like, before we went full out. And mm-hmm. I remember certain days that I had to mentally, like, sit there and just prepare myself because I'm like, I literally am just going to like die today Mm -hmm. because we, the conditioning part was already really, really hard. And then we had to do full outs on top of that. So that's why we were so like, we did a full out at a competition and we could just walk right off the floor. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, no problem because we were so conditioned and Eddie, actually it's funny because he called me the other day and he was like, so what are you doing? I'm like, <laughs> I'm just chilling in Arizona. He's like, so are you going to be on Samoa this year? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we we talk, actually, we don't talk every day. But, I mean, that man holds a very special place in my heart. He really does. And he taught me a lot. And I'm very grateful for him and Orby and Andrea, which is, like, the office manager. Mm-hmm. We talk all the time. But – he definitely taught me how to mentally be tough. He taught me how to physically be really, really tough too. But yeah, he, it's funny because even though he is, he could be a little crazy and he can be really, really like on you, he's also like a big teddy bear. Yeah. And I just love, I love talking to him because he's, he just knows, like he's very comforting. Let's go back real quick. Let's compare Victor and Kristen and Eddie and Orby. Cause what we have, I think on the outside, from the outside looking in, what we see from Victor, very diplomatic, right? Stoic, some would say, right? And then what we see, you know, the persona that the people see from like Eddie and Orby, right? Especially Eddie is just fire and brimstone, right? So your experience as an athlete under both of these, you know, sets of coaches, how how did they differ as coaches? Now, before we get back to the show, I need you to listen up. We've heard from many of you who are eager to dive into the preparing for full outs training, but can't make the live call. Well, we've got great news for you. We've taken your feedback to heart and transformed it into an accessible on-demand online course. You can now access the preparing for full out system at your own pace whenever it suits you. No need to worry about scheduling conflicts or missing out. This comprehensive course will walk you through every step week by week, just like the live training. So whether you're a coach or an owner, this is your opportunity to equip yourself, equip your staff, and equip your teams for success as the competition season approaches. Don't wait any longer. Enroll today to start your journey towards full-out perfection. Link in the show notes. I would have to say that 
I I think that Victor and Kristen are a little bit more like they like to look back and kind of sit back and observe. And I think it's also because they have so many athletes and Eddie and Orby, they only have a certain amount of teams. Because remember, there's California All-Stars Camarillo, there's San Jose, there's, you know, all these different parts of California All-Stars. So Eddie and Orby only had like, I think, maybe nine teams, eight teams that they coached. Mm -hmm. And when they had us, it was very hands-on, very, very hands-on. And Eddie was just very, like, very, very, very passionate. Not that Victor and Kristen aren't, but I think that it's just different. And they mm-hmm. would, yeah, I mean, I, we didn't really condition that much at Top Gun. Like, we did a little bit of, a, like, a P9VX video in the beginning, but it was only, like, 10 or 20 minutes just to get our body, like, warmed up. And then we, when I went to Smoled, it's funny because I remember Eddie telling me before I even went there, he was like, hey, just make sure you're conditioned, like make sure you're actually like working out and stuff because it's no joke. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking, okay, yeah, let me do my little P90X video. Like at 14, mm-hmm. I'm like in, the, in my uh, <laughs> living room, like doing a whole video. And I thought that was hard. And I went over there and I literally, I swear to you on everything, I couldn't walk the next day. <laughs> I swear, I swear on everything. I could not walk up the stairs. I literally was stuck. I'm like, I can't move. Like I physically cannot move. I'm in so much pain. And people think I'm lying when I tell them that. And I'm like, I, I am not even being dramatic. I could not get myself up the stairs. I had to have someone literally carry yeah. me because I was so sore. And yeah, Eddie is just very passionate. He's very hands-on and he likes to actually, he's just very on top of everybody. Like, Hey, did you do your tumbling privates today? Or Hey, like we are required to do tumbling and stretching when you're on that team. So when we were, mm-hmm. when I was at Top Gun, we didn't have to do that. But yeah, like I said, it's just a little bit of a different coaching style but i think i mean both of them were great but it's definitely a little more intense over over on the west coast <laughs> so eddie was a little bit eddie was yeah wild. he was I he was you. did you cheer with stevie i did yeah on yeah Smoled? i did okay so i coached stevie in college at cbu oh And Stevie came for her recruit visit. And so she comes for her recruit visit and she's like kind of limping. Like, yeah, she's a really hard Oh, Are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I I broke my toes last night at practice. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, you don't need a, you don't need a tumble (laughs) today. And she's like, okay. And she went and she tumbled that day. I remember just thinking like, Eddie no. is not killing me, kid. Like, you need to <laughs> sit down. And she was so hardcore. She threw whip through the full. And I oh. was like, dude. Yeah, Stevie was an extremely hard worker. She was like, let's go. She, like, that girl could have broken her back and been like, I'm going still. I'm like, you're crazy. No, she had she <laughs> had a broken back. She I legit know. had a broken back and was like, she couldn't do like handsprings. Yeah. And so she could oh only do whip. She could do whip punch full and and standing she tucks. Was dedicated. And yeah, she would she just was. dude, she was she was super dedicated. I just remember her limping in that practice. Like, I broke my toes last night. And I was like, okay, well, you know, you don't have to practice today. Like, you're fine. And then she like still went and tumbled and everything. I was just like, yo, this kid is hardcore. And I ran yeah. into Eddie in the bathroom. She she was. Dude, she was. I ran into <laughs> Eddie at the bathroom. And I'm like, hey, I'm getting one of your kids. And he's like, um, who? I'm like, um, Stevie. He goes, Jason. 
that girl is cheer or die. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've seen lots of cheer or die kids. And I was like, oh, this kid really yeah. is cheer or die. I, but yeah, you didn't I didn't know, know it was, it was that was serious. That. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I felt so bad for her. What, like, cause there were times that she was literally like hurting so bad. And like, I knew she was not like lying about it. Cause you know, like you have some people that like are a little over exaggerate, but she would literally be like crawling mm-hmm. on her hands and knees, still going. And I'm like, Stevie, <laughs> stop. Like, you need to let your body take a break. And that girl could have been literally like hit by a truck and she would have been like, I'm still going. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're you're insane. Okay. But no, good for her. I'm like, that's that's dedication. One last story about Stevie. No one's gonna be able to see this except for you guys, but this is like my favorite Stevie story. It's more of a Smoed story, I'm not sure. But one day Stevie, we're at practice. And um, I go and I see Stevie like this. Oh, gosh. She's on the tumble track, right? She puts oh, her my gosh. And I go, Stevie, Stevie, what are you doing? She said, we weren't allowed to sit at Smoke and Oh, <laughs> so you're resting on your head? That is actually so true. <laughs> if Eddie ever caught us sitting down we were running literally running and i'm like oh my this is insane like the fact that we can't sit i'm like eddie what is what is this the only yeah. time that he let us sit yeah. the only time which honestly i feel like we couldn't even sit then was when we were watching the other team like go and they were called snipers and we were cheering them mm-hmm. on other than that he's like get up i'm like oh my gosh like it was that is yeah. actually so funny because that is so true. And I can totally see her doing that. <laughs> what are you doing, oh Stevie? Eddie wouldn't let us that see the practice. So, oh my that is so funny. <laughs> like, okay. There you go. Dude, she would crack me up. Okay, that, that, that was, was the so Stevie good. segment right I, there. That, <laughs> that just brought back so many memories. Oh my gosh. Okay, so let's um let's see. Where do I want to go with this? So we'll fast forward a little bit. So we fast forward. Now we're cheering at Navarro. Like, okay, so what now, do you say Navarro or Navarro? I say Navarro. It, yeah, I say a Navarro, lot of whatever. a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of older people like that go to the college are like, oh, it's Navarro. And I'm like, I say Navarro. But yeah, either actually, or, either or work. I switched back and forth. I don't know. Who knows what's going to come out my mouth the rest of this this episode. But anyway, <laughs> you, you decide to cheer there. So what factors, you know, why do you decide to, you know, move to Corsicana, move to the can? I'll actually tell you a funny story. So when I first... I actually, I was a diehard, like, all-star cheerleader. I did not want to do college ever. I never thought I would do college cheer. And one day, my friend Kaylee Peppers, who was the assistant coach for 2021, um, she was on Wildcats with me. And I was living in Plano, Texas. Like, I lived in my little apartment by myself. And I, yeah, I was just doing Wildcats. And she was like, hey. I think you should really do Navarro. Like, I think you'd be really, really good. And I told her, I looked at her, I'm like, mm, yeah, no. <laughs> like, I'm not doing college cheer, and I, I'm definitely not moving to Corsicana because, like, what's over there? And um, mm-hmm. she was like, I think you should just come to a practice and just see it for yourself. So me, I was like, all right, well, I'll go check it out. And, you know, yeah, I'll just go see and check it out one time. And I went 2017. And I actually remember going in and I was like, where is the rest? Where I'm like, there's no way I'm in the right place. Like there's, Mm -hmm. I I don't think I'm in the right place at all. And I was like, Kaylee, 
I don't know where I'm at. And she's like, oh, I'm right behind you. Look. And I'm like, where is the rest of this place? Where am I? And she's like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, I know it's not a lot, but like, you know, it does the job. And I'm like, I couldn't do this. I could not. Like, if mm-hmm. I'm thinking in my head, I could never live here. Like, there's nothing here. It's just grass and a couple buildings. Yeah. And <laughs> I went to the practice. I met Monica for the first time and she was, you know, wearing her boots. She was in her little sweaters and I was like, you know, she has that thick accent. So I was like, hi, I'm Gabby. And she was, you know, she was like, hi, nice to meet you. Like Kaylee told me so much about you. And I'm like, really? And I loved, I loved Monica from the day that I met her she just me and her clicked and I she was just very very sweet and what I loved about Navarro was that everybody was so welcoming like they you know they all came up to me and they were like hi I'm so and so hi I'm you know Brittany I'm Steven like nice to meet you and everyone was just very very like family oriented which I loved and I actually didn't end up going to Navarro that year I went the next year they lost that year but I was like I want to I want to help that team and I want to I want to do it I went second semester though I didn't go first semester because I was going to just do all-star and do wildcats again And I ended up doing both that year. So I ended up going second semester and I met a lot of really, really good people. And we won. That was the first time we won like in a couple years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just remember like doing it because a lot of my friends were on that team. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to do it. And I also want to I really, really want them to win this year. So we did. And yeah. It was it was really really good. It was a great year. I had a lot of a lot of friendships made that year, and just a lot of really mm-hmm. really good memories. So. And then, how old were you were you at the time when you cheered there your first year when you were a rookie? I was. Let me think. Hold on, I have to think a sec. Uh, I believe I was eighteen or nineteen. Eighteen or nineteen years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're, yeah. But it's crazy. It's crazy because I, and this is why I said I never would do a college cheer because I was homeschooled from Mm -hmm. middle school. Like, uh, I went to sixth grade for like half the year and then I got homeschooled because I was getting into cheer so much. So I was homeschooled all the way from middle school through to college. And I just yep. jumped right into college. And I'm like, I can't, I couldn't believe that I did it because I told myself I never would. And I just, you know, I was like, there's no way. But then I, I ended up loving it because Monica and also t- the team, I was like, I, I love yeah. cheer. I love cheerleading. And yeah, that's how I ended up doing it. <laughs> There you go. So talk to us about Monica. Talk to us about, you know, the impact she had on you, not only as a cheerleader, but just as a woman. So it's crazy because I feel like the first year that I went, Monica, I will say Monica and I were like, you know, we talked, but we weren't super close. And then the second year that I went, I feel like every year that I went, we just got closer and closer and closer. And Monica and I actually talk pretty much like all the time. And I really do love that woman. She she changed a lot of a lot of things for me. And I think she saw a lot of my a lot of the potential that I had not only as an athlete, but as a person. And one thing that I do love about Monica is 
She is very mother-like. She will, she doesn't care just about the athlete. She cares about the person also. And mm-hmm. something that I really respect about her is that she tries to teach us good qualities in life. Like not, it's not all just about, hey, be a good athlete. It's about be a good person. Be, be someone who you would want your kids, or if you had kids, you, how would you want them to be? And mm-hmm. I think she really, really, really just, she would try to just help everyone. And I think that's why I have so much respect for her because she would take, you know, anybody and just try to make them to be the best person, best version of themselves. So, and that woman has been through a lot. So I, and she keeps putting, she just, she tells us like, put one foot in front of the other and keep going. Like you don't ever Mm -hmm. let something or anyone push you from being a better person. Cause even if, even if people do you wrong, you shouldn't go and stoop to that level and try to do them wrong. You just be the bigger person and you keep going. So I think that's why like me and her just get along really well. Cause I feel like me, we both have that mentality and i think she's definitely just you know she's been like a mother figure to me so there you go yeah shout out to monica b you have a question for gabby yes i do i actually have a lot but we'll just stick to one for right now so when it comes to like the tv shows how did the tv shows affect your team and your career but also your personal life i think that the show was pretty spot on like from you know and it's crazy because you know, when Monica was like, hey, Netflix wants to do show on us. I was like, yeah, like cheerleaders will probably watch it. Like, that's what we all thought. We never thought that like anybody would watch it other than cheerleaders because there's been, you know, cheer squad and like a couple other cheer documentaries on Netflix. And I, I was like, this could be really good or this could be really like crazy because I mean, we are, we're college kids. We're crazy. And, you know, we definitely had people that were like cursing each other out sometimes like and I think Monica like she didn't want us to fake she didn't want us to be fake or like be someone that we weren't but she also was like hey we need to act right like you need to not be cursing like a sailor and you know just you know be you but control yourself so yeah I mean I think that the show yeah portrayed every everything pretty well I will say that like a couple of things like Lexi's scene at the end where it made it look like she was like going into like a bad path like that actually was not recorded after Daytona that was recorded before Daytona and that's the thing is like you never really can trust like everything you see on like Mm -hmm. a show or you know social media because you just don't know like you know Mm -hmm. everything and also one thing that I actually I feel like my parents got a lot of you know backlash for being parents and you know we're not the we're not the ordinary type of family we're not like a we're not like everybody else so you know I actually I think it was one part of the show I only watched it like one time but it was a part of the show where I called my mom and I was like hey and again they can put they can cut things put things that they want and edit so 
they got me calling my mom saying, Hey, like I want to tone up a little bit. So what do I, cause Daytona was coming up. So I'm like, I, I want to know like what, what I could do. And (laughs) the the whole jackfruit thing, people were like, what, how is she (laughs) telling her to not eat and just eat jackfruit? But the, but before that whole conversation, I was the one telling her, like, I want to lose weight. I want to, you know, tone up and Mm -hmm. I want to, you know, lose a few pounds because I wasn't big, but I just wanted to, you know, just get a little more toned definition. And hey, she girl, was like, I've been to Daytona. I know how it is. I'm yeah, like, hey, Daytona's coming up, people. Right. Like, you want you <laughs> to right. look good. And I, I just like, that was really how it was. And of course my mom was, at, and my mom didn't know that they were recording that. And I mean, obviously if she did, like she, she would have said it anyways, because that's just how she is. Like she would be like, well, I don't really care who's around. I'm, I'll tell you exactly what you need to do. And what if you don't want to do it, then great, don't do it. But people, you know, I think people just twist things and they make they make it like, oh, you know, her parents are overbearing her, you know, they're this or that. They suck the life out of her. And I'm like, but little do you guys know, I wouldn't be here without my parents because my parents have supported me with every single thing that I've done. When I wanted to move away from home, they were like, let's do it. Got, got me packed up. Like there is nothing that my parents wouldn't do for me. And I think that that is what people don't understand. It's like they see one thing off of a scene and it's like, but look, like you are missing all the rest of this, right? Like you have this one little glimpse that you see and then there's all this. So that's why like, Whenever it comes to, you know, TV shows or anything, I'm like, I don't just jump right into like, oh, they're, they're probably like that. That's why, yeah, it's just, it's funny because I feel like they did a really good job other than those couple little things. Like when it comes to Lexi's, you know, the end Mm -hmm. of her thing. And then like my parents, I was like, listen, we are crazy, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade my parents for the world. I really wouldn't. Yeah. But other than that, like I did, I did really love like the, the whole crew that came. They were really, really sweet. They were really genuine, which is why I feel like the show was so good. I feel like they just really, really like were our biggest fans too. At the end, they were like crying when we won. So mm-hmm. yeah, they were, they were like a big part of, you know, our family too. So I was, yeah, I was really happy with everything mm-hmm. that happened. But sweet. They were, yeah, they were really sweet. And they brought us snacks and everything, so it was great. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Did you expect more, I would say, older crowd of cheerleading, you know, like late 17 to like 22? Did you expect the older crowd to watch the show more oh, really? than the younger crowd? And I only ask this because I have yeah. twin daughters. They just turned 13. And oh. I think they were they were probably around 10 when your show came out. And they were glued to their phone watching. Netflix. So did you guys expect it to be more of like the older cheerleading crowd? Or did you understand that it probably would impact the younger kids too? Honestly, I like me personally, I felt like I felt like there were just going to be younger girls like watching it and mainly cheerleaders. Like I didn't think that, you know, even the younger like teen generation or like, you know, our generation would watch it because I was like, you know, it's cheerleading. So yeah, but I also do remember there was one day that I was watching the, you know, them film because I never paid attention. I was like usually in my, you know, doing practice and very zoned in. 
And I one day looked at like, you know, the camera and I saw like them filming and I literally, mm -hmm. I'm not even kidding. I said to myself, I'm like, that looks like it, like, I feel like this is going to be a hit because the way that they're doing everything is like so strategic and so like good and it's just genuine and i feel like they're mm -hmm. really just catching a really good like glimpse of what it is to be a cheerleader like a true cheerleader mm -hmm. and i could actually just see it in my head i'm like i was thinking to myself like this looks badass so i'm like this is like <laughs> i feel like this could be really really good but obviously that was just you know my thought and of course like i could have been wrong but it ended up being a hit and I was like, wow. And it's crazy because it happened so fast. It was like, we went from, you know, being yeah. whatever to like a sensation like Netflix thing overnight. And one thing that I do, I actually am really glad is that I had a little taste of like what it, it, what it was to be under a limelight before so I already knew like exactly how it worked. Like I knew that a lot of people were just going to be like, Hey, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And I also feel like my parents have raised me and also like with what I was brought up into to be super humble, like, because you never know when you can get it all taken away from you. And that's the thing is like, we are all human beings and things aren't always guaranteed. Like things can happen overnight. And one thing that I want to like, I really, really want people to understand is like, I, I am just another person. I'm no better than, mm -hmm. you know, anybody else. And I've never acted that way. I've never put myself above anyone else. And I think, yeah, just being like being true to myself and also just being humble and realizing that God blessed me with a lot of, you know, the talents that I have. And also like, there's so much talent out there. That's the thing. Like there's so much talent and I'll never say I'm the best because I'm not. And I think one thing is like, you never know because there's just, there's a lot of talent out there that people still haven't seen. Yeah. So that's why like every day I just try to be, you know, try to remember, remember all that. But part of it is my parents. They definitely brought me up that way. So big kudos to them. Shout out. All right. <laughs> So here's what we're going to do. We're going to get to a break real quick. And then when we come back, we're going to get into it. Let's go. All right. Let's get it. All right. Coaches, if we're coaching all year long, shouldn't we be learning all year long as well? Training shouldn't just happen in the summer. Coming up January 5th through the 7th of 2024, NextGen is hosting a two-day skills, business, and leadership conference in beautiful, sunny San Diego, California. Featuring keynote speaker Jeff Benson, friend of the show, Callie Ray Seitzer, my old teammate, and Sean Guzman, another friend of the show, and get that mid-year tune-up we all need to finish the season strong. Learn more and get registered at ngconferences.com. Link in the show notes. And we are back. So now, Gabby, if you don't mind, I want to kind of hop into a sensitive, controversial topic. Would that be okay with you? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, she, she, let's let's do it. She she sounds she sounds thrilled, guys. <laughs> if you could, if they could see her face, let's she's like, it. bring it on. If they could just see her little finger and her face, that All was right. funny. So no, but I'm not sure how long ago it was less than but less than a year ago. Some pictures surface up. Yeah, you know those good old cheer anonymous accounts, anonymous cheer Twitter accounts. 
and they claim that you're in blackface. You're clearly, your face was clearly painted black. But what do you say to the people who, you know, accuse you of, you know, portraying blackface during, you know, that whole situation? So I am going to give you my side because I don't usually, you know, I posted my thing on Twitter. So if anyone would like to go look at that, I posted, you know, all the stuff about like the messages and literally the pictures of everybody doing it. And I will say it was an initiation and I can put my hand to God on that. And um, of course, people don't always want to share everything like they only want to get the dirty parts of the story or like oh the one side of this person's story and you know kind of how I was saying like that's why on social media it's like hard to really know exactly what the truth is but basically let me take you back so it was 2018 which was my rookie year and we had initiations back then So we all went to CTA, and this is actually a message that I still have that I posted on Twitter, and uh, we had to do a blackout, and, you know, everyone was like, okay, cool, show up in all black, and it said no skin showing, all right, cool, whatever. So me and TT, which is, was my base on the second season, uh, we were in my apartment and I was like, I don't, I don't have anything. Like I I don't, I don't even know what to do. Like I have a black outfit, but like, I don't know like what to do. So he's like, Oh, you have a black charcoal mask. Let's use this. So we go and I'm like putting it on in the car and he's putting it on in the car. Like, and we're literally laughing because for us, we're just, we're going to a college initiation mm-hmm. that we were like, you know, we didn't think anything of it because it wasn't a bad intent. That's the thing is like, it's all with intention. And we, our intention literally was just to go and get, you know, our letters. And that was it. And I remember literally being in my car, like waiting to go into the gym because we, everybody was outside and waiting in the parking lot. The rookies were outside and the vets were inside. And um, this girl uh, came and she took a picture of me and I was like, you know, I didn't think anything of it. Cause I was just like, Oh yeah. Like, okay, whatever. And, uh, then, you know, we had it in our group chat for, I don't even know how long it was literally, uh, 2018. And then Ladarius ended up saving all these things from literally 2018. And I remember her when she took the picture saying, Hey, like, Oh my gosh, if the cheering on's got a hold of this. And like, you know, I wasn't thinking like, Oh, that, cause it wasn't an intention of doing blackface at all. Like, and I wish that we could actually have the whole, the whole team of 2018, like all in a room, like saying, Hey, what happened? Because nobody wants to talk about mm-hmm. it because it is a controversial thing and nobody wanted to get, you know, into that. And a lot of my teammates didn't really come to my defense either because they didn't want to get dragged into all of that. And I posted a picture of the girl who actually took the picture of me also in, you know, makeup. And I had other pictures of other people and I posted that on Twitter as well. 
And uh, people, of course, so they didn't want to see it. They're like, oh, it's your fault. Mm -hmm. Like, you're the one who did it. And honestly, I had no idea what blackface even was. I And I promise you, like, anybody who knows me, like, personally knows that, like, knows who I am. So for me to go back and forth with people on Twitter or on social media, I just, like, I was, like, I'm not even going to waste my breath anymore because at the end of the day, people are going to think what they're going to think. And that's okay. Like, and if people want to yeah. know the truth, like they can ask me or just go on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And literally I have like messages, like proof messages of all the, all our chats saying like, Hey, come in all black, not an inch of skin showing. Otherwise you're not going to get your letters. So yeah. You know, for me, as a as a you know college student, and obviously I know I was like older, and oh, you know, you should have known better. But truly, I didn't know what it was, and it was all an intent thing yeah. for me. If I intentionally did something like that, I would be like, I deserve everything that I'm getting. It wasn't that at all. So that's uh, and you know, and I'll say this: when I was, I'm I'm telling you guys right now, and I'm so glad every time I see. Just anything like that, you know, something gets posted or screenshotted or whatever. I just think to myself, I am so glad that I am that I did not grow up in this social media iPhone. It's crazy. It's era crazy. Where you have to, it's real crazy. Have- you know, because your boy would have been canceled a long time ago. A <laughs> no, long time ago. A hundred percent. I'm letting you guys it's know. It's crazy to me though, because it's like I feel like people will do anything, anything to twist something and make it seem like something it's not. And TT mm-hmm. actually is living with me right now. Um, I'll tell you about that in a little bit. But he, uh, you know, and that's the one who I was, I had the charcoal mask on with. And I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. thinking like, we're just here for an initiation. Like, I want to get my letters. Yeah. And mm-hmm then it ends up being this whole thing. And the crazy thing is I remember when we were, uh, I don't even, it was Ladarius saving a bunch of stuff from back mm-hmm. in 2018. And I'm like, what the heck? And then all this stuff came out and I'm like, for what? Like for what? What is the yeah. point of you doing like doing that? But again, I'm like, you know, it is what it is because at the end of the day, it really showed me who is actually there for me versus who is not. Mm-hmm. And all the people that are like, Oh, I love you. I love you. I love you better. So quick to just turn mm-hmm. when something goes wrong. Yeah. And it's like, and I yeah, think, sure. and like I told you, uh, like I said before, I think that everything happens for a reason. And I truly like, even though it was not, it was a, it was a sucky time for me at that point because I was so concerned about what everybody else thought. And I think that mm-hmm. I just, God really told me like, and opened my eyes to being like, don't trust people. You are too, you are too good and too open. And not everybody needs to get to know you. Like, and the people that mm-hmm. do like those, those people are the ones that matter. Cause Anyone who does know me, like they, they know me. And I think that another thing is like, it really taught me not to care what other people think about you. Cause everyone's going to have an opinion of you. Everyone's going to have an an assumption. And at the end of the day, like, yep. 
those people don't matter. The ones who the ones who matter yeah. are the ones who are there and the ones who actually know you. And that's really all I care about as I care about spreading positivity. And even when I was going through all that negative stuff, which it was hard, like I was like, you know, just I, I asked God, I'm like, why, why, why is this happening? And I think that with all the negativity, I also saw so much positivity and I tried to make the best out of everything. And I it taught me keep your circle close or yeah, keep your circle close because people yeah, will man. literally no use anything friends. to anything, <laughs> especially when you're, when you're successful, like people will go and mm-hmm. just try to twist things and do all these things. And I'm like, it's crazy. I, I literally don't yeah. talk to anybody nowadays. It's like people think that I have all these friends and I'm like, no, like my boyfriend, my mm-hmm. boyfriend, and like a few of my uh, Navarra friends, like, are actually my friends. And honestly, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I keep I keep it very, very close. So I feel yeah. And you're not the only and, one. And real quick, let me let me say this because college cheer is a whole different is, beast of yeah. cheerleading. It's <laughs> yeah, totally different. And I will say, I cheered at SFA um, back in the oh, day. Really? And y'all, yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's all I, that's all I know, Monica and everyone. So y'all don't want, y'all don't want to know what we did for initiations. (laughs) And I was in a fraternity. Yeah. And that's the thing. Y'all don't want to know what we did for initiation. So I'm like, hey. (laughs) Right. I know. And it's crazy because like, I feel, I and it's crazy too, because the next year Monica was like, we, but I will say. Monica never knew anything that was going on. Like anything that we did outside of practice, mm-hmm. Monica didn't know because we had group chats. We had Snapchats. Mm-hmm. So the rookies listened to the vets. And, mm-hmm. you know, as as a rookie, you're like, I'm just going to do what they say because, you know, you want to you fit in. You want to get your letters, whatever. And I think that um, – the year after she was like, all right, we're not going to do any more, any more of that stuff where if you guys are, you know, think you're going to go behind my back and do stuff outside of practice, we're not doing that. And, um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then all of that stuff, like completely, we did, we were not allowed to have initiations. We were not allowed to letter anybody. We were not allowed to really do anything. So, um, yeah, it was, but it, it is crazy. It is, it really is. Cause like the things that people did back then, and I could only imagine cause it was probably worse. Yeah. I'm sure it was, you know, I'm sure it was Girl. crazy, <laughs> but uh, yeah, good times. So do you still read every single comment that you get? Oh, I'm going to wait for you to load. Thank you. I cut off for a sec. Okay. What'd you say, Jason? Can you see me? Yeah, now? I can, I can hear you. Um, so with, well, let me let me say this. With um you've obviously been in the limelight for a long time. Um TGLC on top of the world, Smoed plus the show with Smoed and then the show with Netflix and everything. Um do you still read every single comment? Um no. I Good don't. For you. I will <laughs> Good for you. I, I literally I don't know how you could keep up with it. Listen, listen, I will tell you guys like and this is actually, I'm going to bring something up. This is how I just know not to feed into people's bullshit. Because Jaden and Roland, uh, Roland, I'm mm-hmm. sure you guys know them. 
Uh, Roland called me one day really upset because he was like, Gabby, I don't understand how you deal with this stuff. And I, I, I asked him like, you know, what's going on? Cause I wanted to know. And I also told him like, listen, anybody that says anything negative, just brush them off. And he was like, well, I like, I just can't do it. I can't. And I'm like, well, what happened? And he basically told me like, I have, you know, there was a comment that I didn't see, but he told me that someone commented, I hope your daughter breaks and break falls on her neck and breaks mm. it. And she was only like four years old. Yeah. And I like that broke my heart. Like that really broke my heart hearing that. Cause I'm like, she's a little girl. You don't say mm. things like that in it. And how mm-hmm. could someone be so evil to sit there behind a screen and say something like that? And I was, ups- I was upset. I'm like, I'm getting ready to fight whoever yeah. that is. Because <laughs> like when it comes to kids, like, don't mess with kids. Don't yeah. mess with kids. You can mess with me. You can do whatever. But like when it comes to a little kid, just don't. So I was like, listen, at the end of the day, you're going to you're gonna get that because people don't like light. People don't like positivity. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're doing good, like they don't want you to do good. And um, this is something that I told him. I'm like, you're just going to have to accept the fact that there is going to be negative comments all the time. And um, something that I feel like really helped him was like, I I told him, I'm like, I deal with this all the time. And you know what? Block, 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 block. That block button be looking (laughs) real good sometimes. And I'm like, it is literally just this, this, just this. And that's the thing is like you, it could be anybody and there's always going to be that negative person that is just, you know, sitting there wanting to be hateful. And I, like I told Roland, I was like, listen, the best thing that you could do is literally just not, not care. Like don't, if, cause at the end of the day, like you knowing who you are and the people who know you knowing who you are, that's all that matters. And a perfect example I gave him, I, I couldn't, I couldn't have gave him a better like analogy or something to kind of relate. Um, I told him, I said, do you, do you believe in God? And he said, yes, I do. And I, I said, all right, well, in the days of Jesus, when Jesus came and healed all these people and he worked miracles on all these people, what did they do? And he was like, well, they basically put him on the cross and those same people that he healed are the same people who spit on him yep. and were, you know, saying that he was a false, false prophet or basically an evil person. I couldn't have said any better. Cause I'm like, if they're, if that's how Jesus was treated, which is literally God in the human flesh, then what makes you think that they're not going to do that to you? Mm-hmm. And I think that really like, that's something that I actually say all the time. Cause I'm like, you know, I shouldn't be surprised when people are acting like, in a mob mentality, like, oh, you know, just completely whatever, acting a certain way, because it's like that happened to Jesus. And mm-hmm. he, like, after I said that to him, he was like, wow. And I'm like, yeah. And I think that really helped him because it's like, you know, God knows, like, our, what we, God knows the most out of anybody, like, what people go through. And I mean, yeah, it's like you can't, 
there's no better example than that. And it, it does suck because it's like, I wish, I wish that we lived in a different, you know, world. I wish that people weren't so hateful and so negative for no reason. And I, I want to open myself to people. I want to help people and I want to be able to be a positive influence on people. But it's like, there's all also so many people that just don't want it. There's mm-hmm. so many people that want to live like that. And I'm like, and that's okay. Like you do that, but I'm not living like that. Yeah, I'm going to live in a positive way, the way that God wants me to, even though I'm not perfect. I'm going to live for the Lord, really. Well, that actually ties in. I have a question. I think Brittany has a question. Right, I'll follow up after Brittany because I have a, I have a follow-up question for you. So, Brittany, go ahead. How do you navigate, like, staying true to yourself but also dealing with, like, the expectations that people have of you? So, I think one of the main things for me is people are always going to have – even if even if you do everything right or you you you're doing everything like perfect i think people are always going to have opinions of you or thoughts of you or you know there's always going to be something that isn't going to be great and i think that's why staying true to myself is so important because it's like i'm not trying to i'm not trying to change or impress someone and do all this extra stuff when I, I don't need to. It's like, and I think everyone has such a unique thing about them and everyone's different. I mean, you're different from me. Uh, Jason's different. And I think that's what makes people so unique and so beautiful because it's like everyone has a little bit of a different personality. And I think that's why it's, you know, staying true to yourself is, it really is so important because you like, you really are one of a kind and anybody who is listening and anyone who's going through a hard time, like feeling like they just don't fit in or they're, you know, they feel like they have to do all this stuff to get improved or accepted by somebody. It's like, you are wonderfully and beautifully made and God made us all in his image and every single person, every single person is got their own calling and own unique value to them. And that's why, like, when people say, well, I'm just not, I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm not that good at this. I'm not, but I'm like, but you are like you, you just have this mentality because you're so used to like being around people who are you know, comparing and saying, Oh, you got to be like this. You got to be like this. Oh, you're, if you're not doing this, you're doing it wrong. Like, but that's not it. You are, you are literally you. And that's your, like, that's your power. You are not like anybody else. You're one of a kind. And what you, what you do with your life, like it's up to you. It literally is up to you. Like you can go so many different ways. And I think if people just realized that and realize that like, God sees you as his beauty, like this beautiful piece of artwork that you can do anything if you just believe in yourself. I think that we would live in a very different world. And um, I think that's one thing that I really try to like try to help people with is like understanding like the value of being you because you're there's no one else like you, you know, so 
I think that's why staying true to yourself and just being like who you are, people are going to, the right people are going to love you. And then the ones who don't, you don't need them anyways. Fly a kite. (laughs) (laughs) Fly a kite. Yeah. Do you think that people think just because you're well known that you have this like, I'm too good for you attitude? Do you ever think that people think that? I only say that because I don't get that vibe from you at all. Like I get totally down to earth person. People are starstruck by you, which is a given. I, I, you know, just the industry that you're in. But do you think you get people thinking that you're like stuck up and you're like too good? Or do you get more of the people realize who you really are? I think the people, majority people think that I am one way, like stuck up and into myself. And, you know, I think like kind of like what I was saying with you're always going to have something negative, even if you do everything right. It's like people already think they have an assumption of me like, oh, she's, you know, she thinks that she's the best and she thinks that she's all that and she's super into herself and she just doesn't think she could do any wrong. And the thing is, like, I don't wish everyone knew me, but I like at the same time, I'm like, Mm -hmm. I wish people did know my heart and like where I come from. Because I feel like a lot of people just see this girl on social media who Mm -hmm. is good at cheer and has all, you know, a lot of, a lot of stuff and just automatically think, oh, she's, she's into herself. And the thing is, yes. And the thing is, it's like, I am not, I'm so opposite. I actually am like, I do have a gift from God and I do have a blessing that I can do all these things. But I don't ever say I'm the best because I know I'm not. And I know that there's a lot of a lot of people out there that are so talented that just don't have that that haven't been noticed yet or haven't been discovered. So I will never be one to say, oh, I'm the best at what I do, because I know there's people that are more talented. There's always going to be someone more talented. There's always going to be someone like, you know, just better out there. I think that. When it comes to people who actually want to know, like I, cause I have met a few people and it's funny cause my teammates, my, most of my teammates at the end of the year will tell me, I thought you were this way. I thought you were going to be the stuck up little brat who just got everything she wanted and like, you know, didn't really like care about anybody else. And here you are. And who am I, who was I to like, make this assumption of you like Mm -hmm. and we end up being really close and I'm like well listen I don't blame you for having an assumption because we all we all have a little bit of like a oh this person's probably that way like uh or we you know we we don't mean to but like we judge people before we meet them and um I think one thing for me is I always end up laughing I, I always end up being like well I guess I, I guess you were wrong, but, um, I also do have, I have people that also come up to me sometimes that are like, listen, and this is one of the best, the best compliments that I could ever get. They're like, I see you for you. Like people that don't know me, they're like, I see you for you. And I can see like who is, who you are and don't ever change that. Like stay true to yourself. And for me, like it, I mean, that, is literally the best compliment that I could get because it's like, I don't really care. Like 
okay, you come. Of course, every girl wants to be told like they're pretty or, you know, they're funny or whatever. But like, for me, I think the best thing, best compliment for me is like, you are such a genuine, sweet soul, like a genuine person. That's, that is the best compliment that I could get. Cause at the end of the day, like all that stuff is artificial stuff. It's, it's not yeah. deep rooted. So when someone tells me something about like, you know, my heart or like how I am with kids or like how I am just, you know, what I'm doing for God, that's like, for me, like the best compliment. So yeah, you're always going to have those people that make assumptions and that's just, it is what it is. Absolutely. All right, here we go. One question I want to ask you before we get to our next break. Um, but on your Instagram, you have the verse uh, Psalms 46.5. God is within her. She will not fail. God will help her at the break of day. So what's that mean to you? So I actually got, I got that tattoo um, on my hip because uh, I, have, I have like seven tattoos, but that one is definitely my favorite because I got that tattoo actually when um, I was going through some stuff. And again, your, your whole entire life, you know, people, people only see this much. They don't see everything. And I was going through a really hard time. I was, uh, I was really low. Like I felt, I felt very, very like just at a low point. And uh, I think I was actually going through like a breakup or something. And it's just crazy because I also had like other stuff happen at that time. And I just felt very lost and very like, I don't even know what to do. Like I just felt very empty, very lost. And one thing that always kept me going and I felt like at this point, it's crazy because when you're, when you are alone, I feel like that's when God's trying to talk to you the most. Cause he's like, finally, mm -hmm. I have you alone. Like now you, I want you to listen. And most people like don't really hear it or want to listen, but like that is literally like God's time being like, Hey, I, all right, now it's you and me. So that verse is like everything to me because it tells me that no matter what, like take everything away from me, but you can't take my faith away from me and um i think that that tattoo i got it because it it reminds me of like no matter what you're going through in life god will always be there and mm -hmm. that goes for everybody like if you ever feel like you're in a low point and you're just like at the bottom of the barrel it's like that is that is what will get you through because knowing that god will always be there and always have your back it's just, it's a feeling that you cannot, like, can't replace. You can't, you can't get anything better than, than it, in my opinion. Like, I just feel like yeah. there's no better, there's no better feeling of knowing that you're always going to have someone in your corner. And that is the, you know, the person who created you, the person who, you know, put you on this, on this earth. So I think that, that, uh, Bible quote is also one of my favorites because it's uh, it's talking directly to women like you know God is within her and she will not she will not fall she mm. will she will get up and keep going because she's with me or I'm with her so 
that's why I actually, a lot of a lot of girls like that one because it's it's actually funny. I I go on Pinterest and I'm like, you know, Bible like good good Bible verses, and that's one of the first ones that pops up. So yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> Love it. Amen <laughs> to that. All right, so we're gonna get to a break, and then we'll come back. We got we got some more stuff for you. Woo! Let's get it. You guys always hear me talk about Sounds Like That, the official music producer of the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. Well, Sounds Like That is actually part of a bigger music team, Power Music. Power Music, your number one source for licensed cheer and dance music with over 750 pre-made mixes. These pre-made mixes are perfect for a variety of teams, including half-year teams, prep teams, novice, school, dance, and more, with prices starting as low as $15. Say it louder for the people in the back, as low as $15, and full 2-minute and 30-second tracks are available for just $95. You can easily find the perfect mix for your team, no matter the budget, but that's not all. You can also customize your mix with voiceovers, sound effects, song swaps, and more. With instant downloads available, you can have your perfect mix ready today if you wanted. Head on over to PowerTierMusic.com and use the promo code LTC10 for a 10% discount on your purchase. Link in the show notes. And we are back. Dude, Gabby, you've been absolutely fantastic. Now, someone someone who listens to the show DM me. <laughs> said, oh, really? Um, you're you're gonna like her. You're gonna like her like more than you think, or something like that. Like thinking I was already casting judgment on you. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you know, I I don't already I don't not like her, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, I don't I'm like but, I'm, yeah, no, I that's actually you're, that's you're funny. gonna you're gonna like her more than you think. And I'm like, no, no, but you have been great. So this has been a lot of fun. Thank you. You you guys have been great too. I've been really enjoying just talking to you guys. So yeah, I feel like we've only been on here for like yeah. ten minutes. Yeah. It is. It is therapeutic. You're getting everything out of your chest. You're like, oh let's Let's go. Okay. Right. I'm like, let it go. <laughs> so let's ask you this. Give me a good story about just a year you won, like NCA or Worlds or a big win. And it can either be about like the season, like the season you had its ups and downs, or like you were actually at the event and just something crazy and you guys still pulled through with the dub. Let me think. There's been so many. So many. Well, I I actually, okay, so this was my first year on Smoed. We, and they actually documented it on the YouTube series, but we we were in first place at Worlds 2013, day one, after I bobbled. And I kid you not, like I used to be, and I still love cheer, but like I, when I was like younger, I, it was my everything. Mm -hmm. I like literally breathed it. I was in it every freaking day. And, um, something that like really, it was just, it was, I felt like my, the world was ending because I bobbled day one. And I'm like, I ruined it. I ruined it for everybody. I like, it's my fault. And I'm going to like, I'm going to cost the team worlds. And after day one, we thought we found out that we were in first and Brandon was our biggest competitor, Brandon senior black. And, um, I was like, okay, I cannot, I cannot let it happen again. Like I got to make sure I'm on my stuff tomorrow. And day two, we had a couple little mistakes and I was again, one of them bobbling again in the same part. 
And it wasn't as bad day two, like it moved a little bit, but it was like, you know, it still was counted as a little bit of a bobble. Mm -hmm. And I remember just, uh, it was my first, or sorry, it was my second year competing at Worlds. And I was like, that's it. I ruined it. Like I, I cost the team worlds. And Eddie was like, you know, guys, if we get top three, just be grateful, whatever, like preparing us for the worst. And I just remember like at that moment feeling like, so like gut wrenched, like I felt like ripping my heart out. And I was like, I did all this work. I moved all the way across the country to mess it up and mm-hmm. like I just kept thinking in my head like I just can't believe that you know I we did all this and just to get you know to lose and not that winning was everything but when you're the mistake it's like it hits a lot harder so I was like I just can't believe this I can't believe that we're gonna lose because of me and um someone actually photographed like the moment that they called our placement. And um, I remember squeezing like someone's hand so hard. And I was like, I I literally prayed. I was like 14 or 15 years old. And I just kept saying, God, please, like, just please let us win, please. Like, and I just, I was praying so hard. And I just kept saying, like, please let this happen. Please let this happen. And they called second place for uh, Rockstar. Mm-hmm. And my heart, like, I came up and I was, like, instantly bawling. And when people ask me, what was your favorite win? Like, what is what is your most memorable thing in cheer? I know it's, like, kind of a cliche answer, but winning Worlds for the first time, that was mm-hmm. my that was a moment I will never forget because I had never won worlds before. I moved across the country to cheer on this team with one of my favorite people. And I met all these amazing people and I worked so hard. Like every practice I would come in literally like wanting to vomit because it was that hard. And I was just like all that work and all the worry that I had and like all this, what if, what if, what if, and like all that stuff that I went through, I'm like, wow, I did it. Yeah, I did it. And I remember just hysterically bawling, like literally tears just rolling. And I'm, I have a picture on my Instagram. If you like go deep, deep in it, it was in 2013. I was like a baby and I had like my hand like over my mouth and I was like, just you know, this ugly cry like picture. And I just remember that moment because it was such a special moment. And it wasn't just because like I won Worlds for the first time, but it was just all those things like not being like, oh, you're the reason we lost or like whatever, or moving across the country, dropping everything and giving up your life basically to go cheer. Like it was all, it was all like a weight, Mm -hmm. like just lifted. And it was like a, just amazing moment. And then I remember the next year winning on Smoed and it was like, all right, cool. Like it was, you know, it was, it was different. It was, it was a different moment, but yeah, my first year winning with Smoed, it was, it was uh, definitely one that I will not never forget. There you go. That's super cool. So I gotta, I gotta tell a story. You reminded me of a story of that very same year. Um, you cheered with CJ, right? At Weber. Yes, yes. Okay. I love him. So see, I coached CJ in All-Stars uh, when he was at PCN. He's such a good kid. Dude, yeah, he's the he's best. he's amazing. 
And CJ, I did an episode a long time. It must have been 2020. It was one of my first episodes that came out. It was like my top 10 moments from from Worlds or Summit because it was like, you know, we were all mm-hmm. at home locked in, locked in the house. So I was like, here are my top 10 moments right. from Worlds or Summit. And CJ had texted me and goes, I didn't make the cut. And like, I didn't bring up any of the teams he was on that I coached. <laughs> so CJ, you're really? now making the cut. Here is one of my favorite stories. <laughs> this is actually one of my favorite stories from Worlds. <laughs> when that same year that you won, we made it to finals in the same division, small co-ed. But, it was a big division. Yeah. It was huge. It was, de- it was definitely deep. And so we're super happy. We make finals. We do not hit on day two. We don't look good. And so now I'm thinking we're getting 10th place for sure. You know, they only take 10 to finals. So I'm thinking we're getting 10th <laughs> yeah. place for sure. And I remember it was me and the owner standing next to each other. And when they didn't name us in 10th, we were so happy. I was like, Just so happy. <laughs> we didn't get last, baby. Oh my <laughs> yeah, gosh. Man. No, honestly. <laughs> that is actually that's amazing because i i've been on teams too where i'm like we did really bad i'm yeah. like i'm just hoping we don't get last yeah. place like just don't get last yeah. That so, is actually so funny. And CJ was on that team. Yeah, CJ was on that team. Yeah, I remember we were That's standing so next great. to uh, we were standing next to Beatles during the award ceremony, and like just sitting there, like yeah. watching them. Like, do, are they going to win? Or you know, and um, obviously yeah. you guys won. But yeah, that's like one of my favorite memories is just not getting to oh place. Oh my god! So, yeah, we got eighth. Shout out to CJ. So we were all on the same floor. Yeah, man. Yeah, crazy. That is so funny. Small world. Here we go. B, what you got for us? Okay. So yes or no, you're venturing into WWE, right? Yes. Okay. It's intrigued a lot of people. What is your interest in professional wrestling? So (laughs) it's funny because I didn't think, you know, I always think like, I'm not going to ever end up doing something like that. And then I end up doing it. So, (laughs) okay. Yeah. I just want to say that I, when I originally had like sent my questions to Jason, my, my question was like, like, why WWE? WWE because I feel like when people and this is not coming from a bad place in my heart but it's just how I feel I feel like when people are like on the verge of retiring or semi-retiring or something along those lines they go to WWE like okay look at Ronda like it's serious look at Ronda Rousey she was on the top of the world and And now she's like at WWE. You're at WWE lady? No I know. That doesn't make sense to me. The crazy thing is I was like you know I don't think I'll I don't, I don't wrestle. Like I'm not a wrestler, but uh-huh. they actually <laughs> reached out to me one day and they were like, Hey, we would love to have you at this event and just come out and see it, watch the show. And I'm like, all right, what is this coming with? Let's see. And I end up going there and I loved it. I was like really intrigued at honestly everything. I'm like the facts because they, yeah. even though WWE is like, you know, kind of choreographed, like it's a, uh, yes, they're still throwing people. It's real yeah, to me. Like they're still, they're still throwing Jesus. people and slamming people. And it's like, I never really knew how many people were into WWE until I went there. And there were literally so many people like, I would say there were like 90,000 people there and they were all so into it. Like animals. They were like, yeah, like ripping their shirts <laughs> off. Like, Slimmer. I'm like, Oh my gosh, what is going on? Like, this is crazy. And, um, they were like, listen, if you, cause they actually love cheerleaders. They love any acrobatic, like 
person that can flip. They love them. And I'm like, and they were like, if you're ever interested, let's do it. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know what? Maybe I'll consider it because that would be really cool. And I mean, their fans, one thing I will say about WWE's fans, they're very loyal. They're very, very diehard loyal fans. And Mm -hmm. they get loud. You think a cheer competition gets loud, go to a WWE event. They will have cheerleaders like shamed, like it's crazy because they get, I mean, I couldn't even hear myself when they, when the people came out or when someone went and body slammed somebody, it was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh! and I'm like, oh my gosh. But yeah, I mean, I actually am. So I am going into WWE, but I, I told them, I'm like, I have cheer stuff because I'm a cheerleader. So once I'm completely done with cheerleading, I will come. And one thing that they are is they're very, very patient. They're very understandable with people's, you know, mm-hmm. schedules and timing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, listen, once I'm done with cheer, because I want to, I want to, I feel like I still have a year or two or three maybe tops in me. Hey. But I, I definitely, I definitely, I'm like, I want to finish cheerleading 100% and then I will go over there. But till then. So this is a future thing in the future. Like, are you doing anything for them right now? So as of right now, I'm actually just going to their events and kind of like doing media stuff for them. But uh, I also, they want me to go to their training facility, um, Mm -hmm. which is in Orlando. So I'm actually planning a trip to go out there probably right as soon as I come back from this overseas trip that I'm doing with uh, Rebel, which is this cheer uniform company. Yeah, they want me to go to their training facility, but I told them I would definitely go. And obviously, they'll show me the ropes and everything. I don't even think I can reach the top rope. Literally. I don't even think I can reach the top rope. <laughs> I literally, I'm like, that's my only concern. I'm like, I'm so short. Like, I literally would have to bounce off the second one. Cause well, they, I used to watch WWE back in the day. It's been a hot minute since I, I have. Too, I did, when John Cena was on it. Yeah. And I, I hear my girls... I haven't heard him in a while, but I hear them. I was like, I was watching way before John Cena. <laughs> like, I've, I've been a, I've <laughs> like, been a fan. Like the Rock the was rock, still on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like way back in the day, I saw yeah. so it. I th- in the f- so in the future, will we see like maybe like a tumbling pass knockout or something? Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And I even told them, I'm like, listen, if you can tag team me with like Keyshawn, because Keyshawn's in it right now, or even Ricky, if Ricky ever wanted to do it, I don't know if he would. But like anybody who is a cheerleader, a male, a male cheerleader, have me freaking throw throw me, body slam somebody. It would be sick. Do a stunt, freaking toss me, boom. Like I just yeah. And they were like, listen, we might just do that. Like that would be that would be pretty dope. I'm like, all right. So yeah, That's I legit. told them, I'm like, cool. listen, I got some ideas. So just let me know. I'll do whatever, but... Shout out to Keyshawn. Keyshawn, let's get you on the pod, homie. Let's go. All right, so I got two more questions for you. So in some sports, you know, if if you're an athlete, professional athlete, and you play, you know, let's say the NBA, and you go to a few different teams, Mm -hmm. eventually when that athlete retires, 
they will like retire in like the team they call home, right? So Shaq started off in Orlando with yeah, the Magic. Yeah. They went to the Lakers. Like LeBron went back right? to. Well, he's no. Well, I don't know if he, he hasn't didn't retired, retire, yet. but yeah, I but know. Yeah, but Shaq, you know, he ended up playing for Boston and Phoenix and, you know, Cleveland. But when he retired, he retired yeah. as a Laker, right? So, mm-hmm. Gabby, when you retire, what uniform do you want people to like remember? Like when you pick when you picture yourself retiring, what uniform are you retiring in? I honestly, I feel I feel like Smoed. There we okay. go. I feel like Smoed because a lot well, for for All Star at least. I mean, I if I could have gave all my years to Monica, I would have loved to have mm-hmm. retired off of Navarro, but I have two more years of college. Retiring in the Volt Yellow. Let's go. Good stuff. Okay. Now another kind of similar question. When athletes go to the Hall of Fame, they usually have someone like present them, right? So it's either an old teammate or an old coach or like a contemporary, someone they competed against. And that person will say a few words about them. You know, Gabby was great. She was a hard worker, blah, blah. I now present to you, you know, Gabby Butler. And then you go do your, you know, Hall of Fame speech. So yeah, you go into the cheerleading Hall of Fame. Who is going to present you? Oh, this one is hard. Oh, Lord. I have, there's like so many coaches that I like honestly have had just in the honor of being coached by. And it's honestly really hard because if I could bring multiple, I would. But if I had to pick one coach, I would probably have to say Monica. Ooh. That was my guess. Yeah. I figured I figured Monica. I wasn't sure who you'd retire as, but yeah. I, I figured Monica would present you if it was someone I knew. There we go. Yeah. Good stuff. She just like I've had so many really good relationships with so many coaches and I I just feel like me and her are like it's like a mother daughter thing. Okay. Yeah. You know? So coming to the stage next. <laughs> Gabriella Butler. <laughs> <laughs> With her accent and everything. When this airs, Jason, she's she's going to text you and be like, I don't sound like that. (laughs) No, she does. (laughs) She sounds exactly like that. Jason, Jason, you know I don't talk like that. You got to put your coach hat on, Jason. You got to make these decisions. So anyway, okay, let's get to a break. Then we'll get to our final four questions. And, um, you know, we'll wrap this thing up. Gym owners, do you find yourself working 100-hour weeks? And then did you know that being underpaid and undervalued is the number one cause for owner burnout? The business coaches at NextGen, some of my good friends, can help you get out of that rut. They, in fact, are gym owners themselves, so they've been in your shoes. The NextGen coaches work alongside gym owners to help them grow their programs and build their profits. So if you want to learn more about how Next NextGen can help you. Book a call at nextgenowners.com. All right, here we go, Gabby. And we are back. So um, let's get into our final four questions. And maybe we'll switch it up a little bit and let you ask us a question at the end. We'll see. Let's do it. Let's so what needs it. to start, stop, or change in the industry? Ooh, that is a good one. You know, I really would love if we brought old school cheerleading back. Like, I feel like... As an athlete, like not being able to celebrate on the floor, like, or just, you know, Mm. have a little more time to like do whatever Mm -hmm. and like actually take your time to get off the floor and not run. And also being allowed to be like on the floor, basically. Like, uh, because now, now when you go to Worlds, it's like you have this whole gate around the floor. 
And back in my day, like, I'm talking like I'm that old, but like back, back (laughs) when I started, like, you were allowed to literally be like hands on the floor, like cheering Mm -hmm. people on. And I miss that. Like, I miss that cheerleading. And obviously the music, I know it's a copyright thing, but I wish, like, I wish we could use regular music Mm -hmm. again. And I don't know, like just old school cheerleading. There was something about it that like had just so much, uh, it, it was just so different. And I think just, yeah, being able to celebrate mainly and like being able to be around like the floor and like actually like have time to do stuff. And also, like, I feel like nowadays we go to cheer competitions and, like, we used to link up with, like, all our friends. And now it's, like, everyone's just kind of on their phones. And mm-hmm. which I get it. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of that too. I'll be on my phone sometimes, like, when I'm around family or something. But yeah, just like being able to, like, go and, like, hang out with friends too and uh, just meet up with all these people. But uh, honestly, yeah, I mean, and all the rule changes, all the rule changes, like <laughs> everything is illegal. Everything is this. It's like, what isn't illegal? What isn't yeah. illegal? Like, I, yeah, I would love to bring old school cheer back. Like just how things were like even 10 years ago. I feel like it was just so much more simple, so much more fun. But um, honestly, if I could. Yeah, I... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I honestly miss, like, like you said, people like they hit your routine and the kids just rolling around on the mat. Like we just yes, hit. Ah! Yes, I'm like I miss that because it was so genuine and so like good and like happy to see, you know. Yeah. But um, also, like, I even thought I'm like I honestly would love to start a, and this is obviously just something that I you know thought. I was like I would love to just have a competition or something of my own where I could literally do whatever like there's no rules no anything it's just yeah let's go go just go and do what you do yeah but obviously it's just thoughts and I'll play around with it maybe so let's make it happen and real quick I throw this in there um but honestly, like the biggest flex now at like when teams hit at Worlds is when they just run off the floor, right? It's like the I biggest know. flex. Like, yo, we hit and we're going to run the right, corner. Right, yeah. right, it's right. like, oh, okay, y'all hit. That's we like get your it. new version of hitting, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Any rumors, myths, or narratives that you would like this time to debunk? Rumors, myths, narratives. Um, I'm like trying to think of really anything. I guess whatever. Someone had to have been in your comments last week today actually someone's in your comments today just talking <laughs> no, crazy I, I know it's crazy like i feel like people comment crazy stuff all the time i forgot what someone oh me and ricky just posted this video of well this is not really anything crazy but we posted this video of him braiding my hair and everyone was like you know using the sound uh someone cooked here someone cooked here and I'm like what does that even mean like what does this mean and it was Mm -hmm. like oh someone's been there before you and like whatever and everyone's like oh another girl Mm. taught him how to braid but uh he actually had Mm. he has a sister and he also has a lot of like aunts who and his grandma's uh teaching him how to braid and I don't know how to braid my own hair I'm like I literally I could only do like a regular braid 
He's like sitting over here French braiding, getting me a fishtail. I'm like, <laughs> what is this? But any rumors or anything. Th- that's a great one. That's a yeah, really good I'm one. Like, I like I'm that like, one. My boyfriend can braid really well. Like, and he can actually like thread eyebrows too. It's crazy. There we go. I need, I didn't get mine done. That's good. Yeah. He learns he learns it like really fast. I'll I'll be in Arizona next right, weekend. I'll, I'll get you. <laughs> I, I got you. All right, here we go. So who else should we have as a guest on the show? <laughs> so I think Angel Rice. Angel Rice. The Queen. The, yeah, the Queen of Tumbling. She so Angel is it's crazy because she's such a powerhouse and so like powerful and just strong. And you would think that she's like, you know, her personality would be like that. And honestly, mm-hmm. she is one of the sweetest people that I know. She is very down to earth, very, very sweet, very humble. And um, yeah, I think she would be a really, I think she would be a really good person to have on your podcast. There we go. So Angel. Go. She made me a believer. Yep. Angel, if you're listening. You're next. <laughs> You're next. Let's go. That'd be Daddy. cool. That'd be really cool. I'm pretty sure her mom follows the Instagram. Really? I'm pretty sure her mom follows the Instagram. Yeah. So uh, maybe, uh, yeah. yeah we'll out. make it reach happen. Out Good stuff. Her mom would be on that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> her mom's, like mom's on the show. Like, I'm coming on the show. Moms are like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. Last question. Um, where can people follow you if they want to follow your journey or if there's anything you want to plug that's coming up, you know, how can people stay in touch with you? So I, you can follow me. My Instagram is just Gabby Butler, one, six, one, seven little backstory to that is my sister and I have my birthday is January 16th. Hers is February 17th that, and I made it when I was like 12. So I've just kept it like that. So Gabby Butler, one, six, one, seven. And then my TikTok is Gabby underscore Butler 1617. And anything that I have coming up in the future, well, I do have a lot of things in the works, but as of right now, what I'm working on is I'm actually going to be most likely cheering this year. And that's still a surprise. So I am not going to release that until I actually am there. But you can (laughs) just keep up with me on my Instagram, TikTok, and I'll share it at some point. And then, yeah, I just have a lot of little projects going on, but you guys will see it on social media. Ooh, little there we sneak go. peek for Dude. the listeners. So you you heard a little bit first. Yeah, heard it here first. Gabby, you're welcome back anytime. Thank you, guys. I love that. Well, you you guys are both really, really good hosts. Well, thank you. So I had I had a really good time. Hey, let's talk cheer podcast listeners. Although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you want to hear the stories of the best athletes in the industry doing it at the highest level and their perspective on how to change the narrative of the sport, then the Spill the Cheer podcast with Tony G is for you. Check one of them out, check them all out, and I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show.